Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. We have a great guest on today's show, uh, Clay Parkinson from New World Brewery. And if you have visited the area or live in the area and you're a fan of uh, beer, music, food, this this place is a staple and 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 kind of just it comes up so much during all of the interviews that I've done here. New World Brewery, you know, there's a kind of a circle of three, four, five bars locally that are kind of the the circuit, as it were, for you know the local musicians and kind of anything cool that's happening in our area. So obviously, Tom at Crowbar, New World, Ella's, um, Shuffles, a newer one. Some of you know, and a lot of a lot of these places have. Uh, recently become involved. It's called Safe and Sound. Yep. And that's something that you and Tom started together, correct? Yeah, we're, we were uh, some of the founding members of the, the Core 7 that, that really started it. And it was just an initiative that we wanted to get going to be able to provide everyone a place to come hang out, drink beers, see music, but know that the establishment is doing everything possible to make it a safe. Exactly. Make yeah. it a safe and sound environment because, you know, sound because we have music and For sure. safe because we're safe. So, already putting the cart before the horse, Clay Parkinson is our guest today from New World Brewery. Hey, uh, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, again, you know, I, I, I'm trying to go back to the roster of people that have come on have come on the show, whether it's uh, John Nowicki from the Holy Terror or Sean Kyle or any of these people that kind of, if you follow local music, that these names are familiar to you. I mean, New World has such a, a long history here, and it's kind of a there's kind of a bifurcation of the history between the uh, Old Testament, as it were, and the New Testament from the old location closing down to the new location, which I haven't been to yet, but I've heard a spectacular. El- Elliot, who works with me, uh, just went for, uh, I think it was Valentine's Day weekend. I was telling me it was sick and that, uh, we, you know, the three of us were just talking in the hallway before the show how successful you guys were in taking the aesthetic and the vibe from the old old place and instilling it in the new place. Um, so where's where's the new place located? So the new place is right off Bush and 275. Okay. Um, and, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and, and I, as I understand it, there's there's a space inside and outside for live music. Yeah. So we the new location kind of has two parts to it, where one part is the same old New World that everyone should recognize. Where we brought the same pavers, bar top, and everything that has a little outdoor stage that was built to be the same design and size as the old carpet that used to be the old New World stage. Right. And then the inside venue is about a 300-person cap venue that has its own bar, own restrooms, all that, to where it's a kind of its own separate entity. Now, the original location, did it close for business reasons? Did it close because of a lease? Was it what, what was the reason that that place closed? Someone bought the block that we were on okay. and really thought that condos would work better. Yeah, we don't have enough of those locally. We, <laughs> yeah. need, we need some more condos. Yeah. So uh, the new location, were you part of looking for that, you know, specking that out? or That um, was mostly Steve and, and the old GM. Okay. Um, they they kind of gave me some hints at, at where they were looking and some of the locations that um, I'm glad we ended up not getting. Right. But uh, when they finally settled on this one, I was able to go out and, and help with the demo and really get into it get when into we first it. bought it and it was just from day one it was like this is it this is amazing now are you from the area originally or did you move here from somewhere somewhere else born and raised were you the yep. tampa whereabouts tampa okay where'd you go to school blake high school okay uh siblings i have a sister named dana she's in st pete right now oh yeah, yeah. is she involved in that scene or does something else entirely 
She's all in the uh, environmental scene. Oh, that's that's big in St. Pete, I've noticed. There's a number of people that I know independent from each other, and they're all kind of involved in that. So I guess that's become kind of a, a center for a lot of uh, social engineering and, and, and th- things of that nature. So um, how did you start at New World? I understand that you kind of worked your way up from, from server to kind of... Yeah, I just I started drinking there a whole bunch. And it hit the point where I'd help them close down. They'd pay me in beer to mop the bathrooms or stock the beers or whatever. Right. And when a shift finally opened up, they're like, well, you're here enough. You might as well just start working behind the bar. Just put the shirt on and yeah, do what you were doing anyway. Pretty much. What year was that approximately? Uh, I was very beginning of 2013, I want to say. Okay. Um, so you got to bear witness to a lot of pretty great events while you were there, huh? Oh, yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll go through that later. But um, so how long did you work as a server? Well, New World at the old location didn't really have servers. Like they didn't really have a structure kind of a, to the staff. All, yeah, everything was, was like, everything. There was Steve and then there was Dean and then there was everyone else. Sure. And within that everyone else, I was just uh, another bartender. Um, Were you a music fan or a live music fan before oh, yeah. that? I mean, is that something that's always been a part of your life? Definitely. Now, it, do you play at all? Are you a musician or? I own a guitar. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're like me. Yeah. Um, uh in 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 going to that location, was that a function of were you at school at USF? Were you working around there? Were you living around there, the old location? I just really enjoyed it. Okay. I had a bunch of friends that went and started going. I'm, I really love beer. And they had at the old spot, we had 30 taps and 250 different bottles and cans. So you could drink forever and never the turnover of the list. It. Yeah, right. you never yeah. had to double anything. Was that the very first location or was there a location before that? That was the very first was location. Was it? Okay, for some reason I th- I may be thinking about somewhere else, but I thought there was one before that and then that was the second one. Um so uh as you started to work your way up, you mentioned there's the two managers and then kind of everybody else. What did that look like? Cuz I mean at some point you as I understand it you're somewhat of the booker now for entertainment there is that fair to say we we have brought someone on to kind of take on that role okay at the new location i was handling that to start okay um but it hit a point where i was like i can't do everything like i need someone to help with this were you doing that at the old location too towards the end or no the old location was mostly uh keith from microgroove and then phil and joe from broken mold sure and then a few other guys thrown in here and there but that was like the the meat of who, who booked for us there gotcha 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 um so let's talk a little bit about some of the different uh, events and shows at, that at, at New World that stand out for you. Do you have kind of your greatest hits of, of things that you've seen there, stories that you tell to people? I mean, too much. As, even. as yes, but at the same time, as much as it sucks, the last show ever, the the New World blowout, that was insane. Yeah, uh, we had two stages going in that small little courtyard. We had a bar hidden around the back of the building. We had, I think, nine bartenders on that day, and we just packed the place out with just people and amazing musicians from from all around. Who played? Who played? Who were some of the musicians that played? Everyone that plays in Tampa. Yeah, um, uh, Will Quinlan, Jerry X, Lewis Junior. Uh, I want to say Loris Vidal was there. Zillionaire. Do you ever have national acts playing it at? at- New World, either at the old place or intended for the new place? Yeah, the old place, definitely. And then as we kind of get out of this whole COVID area, sure. we, we are looking to book some national acts. Um, well, and, and that's an interesting thing, too, that I wanted to, to ask you about, because the timing of changing from <laughs> the old location to the new location couldn't have been worse. And obviously, not any fault you know, with you guys, because who, who would have known that this was coming down? But 
if you're wanting to sink a ton of money into a brand new live music food, you know, uh, spirits, this was not the time to do it. So, uh, you know, luckily you guys are open and working through it. Uh, you know, can you talk a little bit about how harrowing that might've been during that period of time when you couldn't even open? Oh, it's been a whole hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. So we had five weeks of being open before complete shutdown. And then from there, we had to unfortunately let go almost the entire staff, except for our kitchen manager and a bartender. And we just ran to go as much as we could. We did curbside pickup and did everything that we could to be as safe as possible, still having some sort of income to keep us floating. Was that out of the new location or the old location? New location. So the new location was already functional by the time of the shutdown? Yeah. So the okay. old location shut down in the very end of 2017. Okay. And it took us two and a half years to build out the new location. Okay. So we did everything by hand. Like right. every brick, every piece of wood that you see in there was one of us that did it. Wow. That's pretty special though. I mean, it gives you a good amount of pride and, you know, working there, you know, the blood, sweat and tears that went into it. Definitely. Um, so uh, the to-go curbside, that sort of stuff that got you through that period. When did you guys reopen for people to be able to come? It was around May-ish. Okay. Uh, I don't have an exact date on my mind right now, but June is when I kind of made the transition into GM. And that's when we started developing this new structure to operate during COVID. Okay. Um, we just, I mean, it was, it was June when we started letting people into the actual building itself. Did you cap the number of people, cap the capacity? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, what was that? Was that 25%, 50%? How did that work? It was 25% and okay. we still are hovering at about that. Okay. Um, we want everyone to be spaced and be safe and, and feel comfortable going there. Right. Uh, which we're lucky that we have this massive courtyard to where we can have 80 seats, 90 seats, and no one feels like it's super spread out because right. of the way that we're, we're situated. It can feel nice and relaxed. Now, uh, I, I imagine when, when you were booking uh, acts at that time prior to this happening, how far were you booking out? Years in advance, months in advance? Like what's generally, how much, how many acts do you have? When we first started opening in February, we opened February 12th, 2020. Okay. Um, so literally like. Yeah. We have five weeks. Ground zero as it yeah. were. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we, we weren't really looking that far ahead because we just wanted to kind of get off the ground and start rolling and see how we'd be able to perform and what kind of capacity we could handle properly. Okay. Um, now that we kind of have an idea of, of the way that we're going about things, we're planning everything for this moment. We're not looking down the line and saying, oh, at the end of 2021, we'll be able to go full gangbusters sure. open. Sure. We're still like, hey, how can we plan everything around the, the restrictions that we have set in place now? Right. Um, we do currently have the outdoor beer garden booked out till about June of this year. Okay. Um, and that's every Thursday is AJ Hall spinning a classic funk. No, okay. no laptops, no gimmicks. Even his headphones are from the 70s. <laughs> uh, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we have various artists coming through that from Bluegrass to Jeremy Gloff to... Love Jeremy. He's been on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Like all sorts of just awesome, random people. Well, uh, and, and this is, this is uh, you know, I, I talk about this a lot on this show is I, before I started doing this podcast... I've always been very into music, consider myself a big music fan, but I'm ashamed now in retrospect how little of that attention was paid to local music. It was very much national stuff or stuff that was not necessarily in Florida in any event, you know, regional or whatever. And it, the greatest, one of the greatest gifts that this show has given me is such a respect for what a deep bench 
we have locally of musicians. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, for the foreseeable future until national acts start booking again, and hopefully even once they do that, people will say, Hey, you know, I go out and see, well, Quin- Quinlan, or I can go see have Gunwell travel, or I can go see Jeremy, go, you know, and that, that, that's a night. That's, that's, that's something that people maybe pay more attention to not that they don't have great followings and weren't amazing musicians that everybody felt, but I'm hoping that there becomes more of a focus that the light is shine more on local acts. Um, do you have any opinions? Do you see that as kind of a byproduct of this or? Definitely. Uh, I, that's one reason why we rely so heavily on our local talents because we, we do want to support them. We do want to showcase the extreme talent that we have here locally. I mean, there's a bunch of national acts that I love and that I'd love to see, but there's also so many people here in our own city that is like, I'm so happy to have this person on stage. Right. I can go get a drink from them down the way because they're bartending, but then the next day they're up on stage singing their heart out. Right. And it just, it'll give you the chills. That's badass. Um, so, uh, I, I, and you know, it's, it's horrible. I haven't even been paying attention to the numbers. I feel like things are getting a little bit better. I, I don't know. Are you keeping close tabs on that as far as? Not as close as I was because we have the safety precautions in place that, the numbers do matter. I'm not trying to say that. Oh, by for any sure. Means. But, but the safety precautions we have in place where we have social distancing seating, we have limited capacity, we enforce masks. As soon as you step foot on the property, it's mask up until you're seated. Right. Even if you're going to the bathroom, yes, you still have to wear a mask. Right. To where everyone's being as safe as they possibly can. Now, if we see a massive jump in numbers to where places start to close down, that's a whole duff- different thing. Sure. But for right now, we're acting as one of the safest bars in Tampa. So, um, this safe and sound movement, uh, w- tell me about how that started. Uh, was that originally the, the seven right together? Did that kind of build momentum over time? Was it just a meeting between you guys and Tom at first or how, how did that come about? So it started when DeSantis pretty much said, screw it, open up, do whatever you want. Right. And a lot of us were calling and texting each other going like, well, we're not going to do that. Like, no, that's not safe. None of this. Why? No. Sure. And we all ended up sitting down together. Um, Tom was definitely one of the. Tom's very vocal. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's he's whether self-appointed or appointed by committee, become very much kind of the mouthpiece of of the whole thing. Definitely. Um, and I love Tom. I mean, I say that with you know, oh, I love tons to of death. respect. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, clearly that whole thing's been mishandled. You know, uh, we've we've talked about Neva. We've talked about you know government assistance for live music venues. And uh, I was I was paying more attention to it before that bill passed. Since it's passed, I haven't so much. Has any of that money made its way out yet to uh, local music venues? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, since it took us so long to build out, I don't think we're eligible for any of that. Oh, really? Yeah. You Even have to have been closed during that time frame because of it? or Yeah. So we were closed during the... Don't worry about it. We were closed during the COVID timeframe, but they yeah. want us to be able to show numbers for the years gotcha. that we were closed doing build out where gotcha. we be like, oh, well, we have zero because we weren't open because we we're building a new venue. Sure. That, that was, uh, were you around for the whole BP oil spill deal? Years and years and years ago. Yeah. It was yeah. like eight, nine, 10. Well, so similarly, you had to show like your arc of your income over that time frame to see if you were impacted by it. But I, I saw a post uh, within the past day or two from Tom about, uh, I guess, Biden has been doubling down on this is for small mom and pop local places, not franchises, not your Applebee's, Chili's, Definitely. that sort of thing. So, I mean, 
he's saying the right things. I, you know, obviously I hope, hope it comes to pass, but, um, it was pretty bleak there for a while looking like, you know, live music was going to go away for, if not ever a long time. Um, do you think that, do you think that you're out of the weeds yet or is it still definitely kind of touch and go? We're definitely not out of the weeds yet. Okay. It's, it's still touch and go. We don't know if we're going to see another resurgence of this or a different strain of it or who knows what could happen. Right. Um, so no one's out of the weeds yet. There's there's still venues shutting down all across America. And we're we're lucky in the fact that we're able to be open here in Tampa. And that's why we another reason why we created this initiative is that, hey, we're lucky that we can do this. We need to do it as responsibly as possible. Tell me about the music events. How how have those been? Because it's interesting to me, uh, you know, what that would I, I haven't I haven't I, I've had the opportunity. I haven't yet been to a live music event since COVID. The last live music event I went to was Gasparilla Music Festival, which was literally like the weeks leading yep. up to this. And even then I was like, I don't I know if this that, is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is the best idea or not, you know, but, uh, you know, I, a lot of the people that have been on the show I've seen post, you know, we're playing here, playing there. And the, the live stream aspect of it is definitely, I don't know, was that something that, do you guys do that at, at New World? Cause I know that they do it at Ella's, like when Have Gun will play there. Do you broadcast it out online? So we just started getting into that. Okay. Uh, I have a really good friend, Jake Tremper, that, from scratch built a four camera live streaming rig that is completely self-sufficient. That's badass. And does he, does he operate that or do you have like people that come in and do it or he operates that? Okay. It's just, it's about the size of a, like a large brute trash can that sure. he just rolls in and opens up and unfolds to this amazing Transformer, rig. Yeah. And we, so we ran wires for that and we just did our first one this past Saturday. We and who had, was that? We had uh, Loris Vidal and Mike Mass, okay, as well as uh, Lewis Jr. and Same Day Delivery Orchestra, and JT Brown played with all of them as well, and it was an absolutely insane show. Was it so? So tell me about how it, how are the live shows going? I mean, how are they different? Are they better? Are they worse? Like, what's what's your experience? What's your perception of them? Uh, they're all going as well as they can. Uh, there's no real dancing right now. The, yeah. the mayor has that still standing order that dance floors must be closed in open gathering areas. Sure. So part of being safe and sound is abiding by things like that. Right. Um, I'd love to jump around and get crazy at a show, but as far as seated and watching stuff goes, it it might even make it a little bit more heartfelt because you're really able to take in the music. You're not distracted in by and, people yeah, jumping around. You're sure. focused in on the stage and you're like, wow, this is just mind-blowing. Does it impact the type of guests that you're booking right now? Like, uh, you know, my appreciation for music, I think, is pretty broad. But my, if you could tell from the studio, my, you know, heart is with heavier music, whether it's metal or punk or hardcore or whatever. And, you know, uh, that's going to be a real hard act to book in the middle of COVID because you talk about dancing. I mean, the, the, you got your pit, you got people stage diving and all that stuff. And obviously that can't happen. So... Does, has it changed who you're booking at all or not really? I mean, obviously that's not really the type of music that was at New World per se. Well, we'd still but, have punk shows yeah. and we'd ha still have metal nights once a month at the old spot, which yeah. we're looking to do at the new spot as well. And it hasn't necessarily changed that. It's just we're, we're sticking with what we know right now. We know how to handle. And then as we evolve and as we continue to grow and understand what it takes to make that experience for the crowd, then we'll start inviting in different acts where it's like, okay, now how can we invite this act in where we know there's going to want to be a mosh pit, but how do we make sure that doesn't happen? Right. Maybe we have like a metal dinner night where it's a sit down dinner and a show with a metal band on stage and you're eating lamb shanks and like just stuff or just feels like metal. medieval nights with metal. Yeah. <laughs> metal on stage. That's pretty cool. Um, 
Now, another thing that's kind of growing in the area or has grown and continues to grow is the brew scene. Uh, has that changed the types of beers that you're serving there, that changed the types of relationship? Like, do you guys try and get in a lot of the local breweries or has that impacted, you know, what selection that you guys have available? Overall, we just love to carry great beer. Sure. Um, we do carry a lot of local breweries. Uh, a lot of them are friends. I was just talking with Tim of King State before I rolled sure. up here about getting a- uh, Is that Ogden? Uh, no, Tim oh, okay. uh, Mateague. Okay. Mateague. Sorry if I pronounced your name wrong, dude. What I do um, after this is I poach these interviews and I create a list of people to reach out to. So Gotcha. So anyway, Timothy, get, what was the name of the brewery? King State. Okay, go ahead. So they started behind Skate Park of Tampa just oh, as yeah, a coffee yeah. roastery. Uh-huh. And then they just opened their spot right off floor, Nebraska in 275. That they make a whole bunch of beer, delicious coffee. Like it's it's a dope little spot. That's badass. But uh, just talking to people like that and, and uh, making those local connections where we're all supporting each other. Very cool. Very cool. Um, now you said you're kind of working for today. Do you guys have any, any discussions about opening all the way back up or is it just kind of wait and see right now? It's wait and see. I mean, we talk about it every day and dream about it, but there's no action we can take that wouldn't completely go against being safe and sound. Right. Now, do you have entertainment besides music at, at new world? So you mentioned something about a pink thong earlier. Well, so that was that was an old event that we used yeah. to do that that's since moved on to a different venue. Sure. Uh, very unexpectedly. Okay. But we will have some more events coming up here shortly. Um, once we get them solidified, I'll mention them so they don't get poached. Sure. Uh, but we do have a burlesque show coming up March 19th. That oh, should be a cool. lot of fun in the venue. Very cool. Um, now, as far as the menu, is the menu carried over pretty much the same from what it was at the old place? Very similar. So we still have the same pizza ovens. We still make our dough from scratch, shred our own cheese, make our sauces and everything. Um, all of our thin, crispy pizzas are still the same. Our smoked wings, we now flash fry before serving to add a nice little crisp to them. And then we've added a couple sandwiches to the menu and and uh, kind of upped the New World salad to where it's a little bit fancier now. Cool. Now, uh, aside from New World, I mean, are you there 24-7? Have you been able to uh, put together a life for yourself outside of that place? Or is it pretty much... I have a girlfriend oh, and a dog somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> uh, and you live in Tampa. You grew up in Tampa. You lived here all your life. Yep. Um, you said you went to Blake High School. Did you go to college? Did you go to to USF or no, I, college uh, or anything like that? took a couple classes, but just started in the service industry. And my entire life, I've, I've loved entertaining. And yeah. this is a way, like right now, myself and the staff get to throw a party for Steve Bird every single day of the week. Right, well, right. Mo- Wednesday through Sunday. So... It's like, hey, guys, come out, party. Are your parents still around? Uh, My mom's in North Carolina and my dad's passed. Okay. And you said your sister's over in St. Pete? Yep. All right. She's the one that went to, got her master's and everything and environmental sciences and policies and everything. And I'm the one that's just like, yeah, beer and hang out and music and- Right. So have you had, do you have any designs on a brewery or anything else like that? I mean, is that something that you thought about or the foreseeable future? Is it new world? The foreseeable future is New World. I mean, New World's kind of the design that I'd be looking towards anyway, where we do our barbecue every Saturday. We have two different stages, ample parking. I, you know, I, I would personally want some more tap lines, but sure. 21 is still respectable with three others being nitro. Right. Um, and if I really were to like, if someone was like, here's a billion dollars, go build something. I'd go find some land where I could have like a boulder field so I could have climbing and then also have a massive venue and have a barbecue pit and everything. That sounds amazing. Um, 
favorite shows there? You, I mean, you mentioned some of the artists that come through. Is there any that just stand out, like top five, top three, anything like that? When Carol Hood played their first show at New World, that was probably one of the top shows. It was just amazing. They only had, I think, six or seven songs out at the time. Right. But it was still just an insane show. We had a line down almost as long as when we our last day open to get in to see them. Uh, Dakaiju is always insane to see. There's these dudes that run around with masks on, lighting things on fire right. and climbing on everywhere. And <laughs> it's absolutely nuts. Um, and I, I mean, this, this, the show this past weekend, I was actually able to sit down and, and, and watch some of it and watching JT and Lewis and Loris and Mike and same day delivery orchestra all on stage at the same time, all playing was just like, this is, this is nuts. A whole bunch of local greats that all got together and collaborated and, I'm so glad it was able to line up and actually work. And how was the feedback as far as the streaming? Like, did you, did you, could you, are you able to track who's watching? A little bit. That Since that was the first time, we didn't want to push it out too, too much. Right. In case we had massive hiccups that would sure. turn people off from it. Yeah. Uh, the people that we did have watching really enjoyed it. Uh, we're we're going to dial in the sound a little bit better this next time and uh, go from there. Because that really seems like a new facet of, of live music locally. Because right? I, I, I can't say that I know how much you could watch streaming before. But, you know, obviously, uh, uh, Tom had a pretty big event at his place. I know that when Fest got canceled, they were doing that live Fest on Thursday night where a lot of the bands that were supposed to be playing Fest up in Gainesville were playing. And uh, Ellis has done it with Have Gun. And, and obviously, as you just discussed, so that almost seems like a kind of a, a new thing that will survive this. Um, as far as that goes, is there any other changes to the way of doing business that COVID has brought about that you think will survive just the necessity of it during the shutdown? I mean, is, is your, is your deliver or takeout going to be a bigger part of your business than maybe originally planned or, um, well, we always plan for everything to be as big as we possibly could. Sure, like we sure. want to be able to provide new world, whether it's food, beer, whatever it may be to everyone that can possibly access it right so opening up it was like hey let's let's work on to go let's work on getting music out to people the live streaming thing kind of had to come along a little bit faster than we wanted it to uh but it's it's there now do you think it'll always be a single location place or is there ever any thought or discussion to branching out there's never been never any been. of that. I mean, it's it's New World is New World. All in one place. It's kind of like the Red Rocks of uh, Tampa Bay, as it were. Yeah. But very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Thank you for bringing me beer. Like I said, I would I would definitely be. What did you bring me? So we have a little bit of local stuff. I brought you a King State IPA, King State Pilsner, uh, some Captain Dynamite New Belgium, which is one of their new IPAs, uh, a bottle of Flensburger Dunkel, which is a oh, great wow. German Dunkel with a little swing lid that's just fun to open and delicious to drink. And then an Anchor Steam Christmas 2020 because their Christmas series is always amazing. Do you have a go-to or are you just kind of all over the map? Uh, my go-to is the Goffel Kolsch. Goffel Kolsch? Yeah. What is that? It's it's a Kolsch beer, so it's uh, pretty much like a, a lager, like okay. a lighter lager. If okay. you had to really force it into something. But it's super easy drinking. You can pound them and, and not feel too horrible the next day. Um, the King State Black Lager that they were putting out, that was just, that was my go-to after Kolsch. Right. And then nowadays it's, yeah, it's the Kolsch or uh, the New Belgium 1554. They're, they're, they're black lager. What about up upcoming shows that people can expect? 
Like you got, we've got things this weekend coming up or? Yeah. So this weekend, like I said, every Thursday is uh, AJ Hall. Okay. Who always spins funk vinyls. And then we also have Dennis Stadelman of Cope. So okay. instead of performing with his whole band, it's just going to be him on the outdoor stage. We actually have Jeremy Gloff this Saturday. So if you want an excuse to get out, come see Jeremy. I know. He's probably going to put out five albums between now and then. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we have Fiddler in the Crossroads on Sunday. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming by. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, like I said, your place is such a, a big staple locally. And uh, as far as the safe and sound thing that you're doing, now who are the, who are the other places that are in there? Is it Shuffle, Crowbar, New World? Ella's, who am I missing? Hooch and Hive. Okay. Um, Independent. Okay. And The Hub. Okay. There you go. Um, and as far as P- there's a website, you have a presence on social media. And the address again is Bush Inn. It's right off Bush in Nebraska. So we're at 810 East Skagway Avenue. Geographically, not, not to jump back in, but geographically, have you noticed any difference from moving the, from the original lo- location to the new location as far as? Uh, you know, new exposure to new people or is there's it- not as much walking traffic sure. because we're not really in a big walking area. Right. Um, some people think that we're so far away because we moved from Ebor, but we're really the same distance that we were. Like if someone living in Seminole Heights, you would drive the same distance sure. to our old Ebor location as you would to this new location. But this well, place actually has parking for a change. Well, that's nice. <laughs> and, and the other thing too is, is people are probably a little bit more pot committed to, to kind of hang out there for the night rather than, yeah. you know, bounce around. So you, you have, you know, people there for a longer period of time. So definitely cool. Well, again, thank you so much for coming in. I love your place. I love what you're doing for live music, what you're doing for live music in the face of COVID, the, 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 the brew world. And I, you know, Michael was nice enough to put me in contact with you. Any messages you want to send out to anybody who might be listening, anything for your girlfriend? I love you. And hopefully I get to see you sometime. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and right. uh, that's for everyone actually. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Clay. It's been a pleasure meeting you. Cheers. Pleasure. All right. Pleasure.